0: Kuf Gimel, middle here of the sugya about the person who bought a shtar, bought a field, and he said he wanted it b'shem chaveri. We came out yesterday that was talking about that he wanted. He told the meicher that it's going to be b'shem reispirlusa because he figured that if he puts it. Ilu in the name of the Reish Galusa, uh, someone else more powerful than him, then it will look like uh, he's buying it on behalf of somebody else, and therefore no one will come out and start up with him, because no one wants to start up with Rish and they won't, uh, they won't have any questions about the, about the deal, etc., the Maish the Gemara came out in that case that he really, what he wants is the Mecher to write him a second shtar so that he has protection from the Resh Because if your star goes out that says the field was sold to the Resh the Resh could theoretically come along and take the field. So therefore he's asking the Mecher to write him a second star And we said, Stam, he cannot force the Mecher to write a second star But if he makes a special Tanai with the Mecher, then of course there's a Tanai there's and he could. So the Gemara says like this, I'm a my third line down on a Kimmel. We do not force the Mikha to write a second stab. Some why like why would you think you could? What's the Havamina that you can make the Mikha write a second shthah without ever putting this as a tonight? The same that the could say to the You know and I know that I've been negotiating with you fairly uh, and trustworthily this whole time, but it was very clear that I am the one who's purchasing the field. I just wanted to make myself into a stronger position, make myself into a stronger position, and therefore that's why at the end I said, oh, I'm doing it for the Reish Galusha. Why would I just be paying for you for a field that I'm going to be giving to the Reish Galusha? It doesn't make any sense. And therefore it's very obvious from the context that it's for me and not for the Reish Galusha. And therefore, it's clear that I expect you to write two stars: one in the name of Reish Galusa, and one of my name. Even though I didn't make it tonight, maybe that would be obvious. kamash shmalon that it's not obvious. kamash the Amr that the Moichah could say to him, "In Yana I assume that you made a deal with Reish Galusa. Not that I have to go write a second star. Remember, in those days, they don't want to have more than more than necessary stars go out in someone's name about selling a field. It makes you look like you're desperate for cash. So the market says, I don't want to write a second star. I assumed when you were doing this whole trick and putting up a shemirishkalusa that I'm going to write a star, a and you've worked out a deal with the reishkalusa for him to write you a star. Okay, and therefore I assumed that was going to happen. So kamashmalan and kamashmalan that that was. That is the Kamash Malan, that even though it was somewhat unsaid, that not even though, because it was unsaid, therefore you cannot force the Baruchet to write a second star. The Baruchet could say, I assumed you had taken care of this village. Kalusha, I never agreed to write a second star." But if he does agree, the amanas. <laughs> If he does agree as part of the deal to write the second star, then kai for Then of course we force the meicher to provide a second star, one in the name of Resh so the lachek looks like powerful, and the second one to protect him from the Resh Galusa. So obviously, if that's what they negotiated, so then what's the kiddush of that part of the brisa? The lekech says lasadi. The says two edim in front of them. He doesn't say to the moicher specifically that I want you to write me a second star. Because obviously, if he says that, then of course the moicher and the moicher agrees then the moicher has to. That's not the kiddush. The kiddush is that he didn't really explicitly say it to the moicher. What did he say? In front of two edim. In front of the maricher, with the standing there, he said, Obviously, I'm going to need a second star. But he didn't specifically say who's writing that second star. He didn't say whether the Shkalus is going to write that second star. or the is going to write the second star. So Mao the same, Well, therefore, you might think, Maybe the Meichar could say, Well, you never told me specifically I have to write that second star. And even though you said that, that, that you need a second star, again, I assume that the the Reish was going to write it for you. So the chidish is that, no, in this case, the can say, that's why I went out of my way. I went out of my way. I didn't want to expose the whole trick clearly, so I said it a little vaguely. But what I said was, with Adam there, in front of you, I made it very clear that I need a second star. The assumption is that it's, uh, that it's very clear. Clear enough that the expectation is that the meicher is going to write that second star. So if, if you negotiate it clearly, then you negotiate it clearly. It's not discuss. The chiddish is, that even though it's not 100% clear, but he went out of his way to say it in front of the meicher with Edim, then it's very clear from the context that the expectation is that the meicher has agreed, not verbally, but the meicher has agreed in context to actually write the second star, And that's the chiddish. Now we get to a case like, this. going back to the case we had discussed of Bnei Ravis. We had a discussion yesterday that the Bnei Maravis said that you need to have the das Machne. When someone sends someone to be a shliach mamish to go buy something from, we said, you don't need das because the shliach is 100% the same as the mishalech. But if it's not a din in shlichos, it's a din in schia, I'm doing it for you, but you didn't appoint me to do it, like the cases we had yesterday, then the Bnei Mb. had questioned that the chayre, since the seller does not necessarily know who it's going to, how does the Kenyan work? And it seemed to me there was an underlying assumption that we argue on that point. But that was the debate. So we have a, a very interesting halachad. If Kana Yov Zuzi Kisner, kind of gave money to buy cotton. Okay, but he did not collect the cotton yet. Okay, so he had paid a certain amount of money, paid 100 shekel, and he was going to get, you know, 30 kilo of cotton. Before he picked it up, Lseif, kiss, and the price went up. And now this 30 kilo is worth 150 shekel. And it was just a one-time thing. There was a shortage. Suddenly, it's worth a lot, a lot of money. So, the person who has the, the meicher, who has this cotton still by him, says, wow, this is a great opportunity to Flip this kata to make a lot of money for Afghan. Right? I see here Afkana paid hundred shekel for this 30 kilo. Now he can easily get 150. I assume he probably wants me to sell it for him to get him that quick profit. So Zavne Marasi the Kista. So he sold it. And now he goes back to Afghana, he goes back to Afkana where Afkana comes to collect the kata and he says, Listen, I made you a quick profit. Here's 150 shekel. So what's the question? Think about what just happened over here. If Kahana gave somebody hundred shekel, and the person gave him back hundred and fifty. We're not even in Bisechtes Balmitzia yet, but you understand that that's a ribbis question. Okay, that is a ribbis question. How do we look at this? It, like normally, we take a loan and we write a heteriska to make it look like a business deal. This actually is a business deal. Okay, but it looks like ribbis. It's the opposite. So is this mutter for Rav Kahana to take this money? So let's look at my so, if of came to Rav. Even, and he, you see that even a big guy needs to go to the Rav to ask him a Okay, excellent. excellent. <laughs> Amale, he didn't have any svarim, so he couldn't look it up. He couldn't Google it or something like that. Yeah. So, Amale, my of it. So, Evkana asked Rav, can I take this money? Am I allowed to take this money or is it ribbis? Amale. So, Rav said, it depends. What does it depend on? Like this. If when they went ahead and sold the the cotton. And the focus here is not on the selling of the cotton. The focus is on receiving the money. When whoever bought this cotton now gave these people the money, Amri Ha'ikis the if they explicitly said that this cotton belongs to you, of Kahana, and therefore the purchaser was meaning to give you the money for this cotton, the 150 shekel, directly to you, Zeal Shekel, then you could take it. Because then it's not the Pshat that the money was given to this middle party, who you had given 100 shekel to, and then the middle party is giving you 150, because then that tackle looks bad. Because then the middle party you gave 100 to, and you got back 150. But if the 150 came directly from the people who purchased the cotton, then there is not a ribis question. You paid a middle party 100 shekel, they gave you cotton, the cotton then got sold, and that new party paid you 150. There's no ribis over here. It's two different people giving you the money. vilay But if those people were unaware... That this cotton was yours, in which case the 150 they gave, they gave to the middleman, and now the middleman is now giving it to you, so then your transaction is between the middleman on both sides. You gave the middleman 100, and you're getting back from the middleman 150, that would be ribbons. That's how Rav Pask. How does that fit in with what we've learned till now? It says, If Rav said it depends on the das of the purchasers of the cotton, who they think they're giving the money to? That's exactly and Morav's halacha. Their whole point was that when you're buying something, in their case, it wasn't the it wasn't a question of the transfer of the money. In their case, it was a trans, question of the transfer of the object you're purchasing. Are you selling it? Are they selling it to the middleman to the to the kilo of the sheikh? It's not really the sheikh we talked about. Or are they selling it to the original person? Fine. But in this case, the same question, but in reverse. Who are they giving the money to? If they understand that the money is going directly to Afghana, then they're giving the money to Afghana. If they don't understand that, then they're giving it to the middle guy, then the middle guy is giving it to Afghana, and that's a ribbist question. So the Chaira, Rav is holding like, like Bnei because if you argue on Bnei Marova, and you say in all these situations, I don't care about the Dasmak, I only care about what's really happening, then in all these cases, the money is just going from the other party directly to Afghana, and there's no ribbist question over here. So it sounds like Rav's poskening like these Bnei Marova. Says the Gemara, Wait a second. In this case, you have to think about what's going on here. It's not the Peshach Ravkana gave four and got back eight. Or in our, our example, gave 100 and got 150. Kiss the Mamelu Rifkana paid money to get cotton. In our assumption here and how the case is working till now, we assume that there was already a Kenyan on the cotton. So Ravkahana paid money and got cotton. Well, that's what happened. Well, no, because you don't have a you Well, right? Let's assume they did a Mashikh on it, or whatever, they was mocked, the Agav, whatever it is. But the cotton now belonged to Rifkahana. When this middle party goes ahead now and sells the cotton, what are they actually doing? They're stealing Rifkahana's cotton. They're stealing it. Right? Migzal al Ghazlua, they're stealing it. Now, when did they steal it? They steal it when they sold it on. At that point, it was already worth 150. So, if called, it goes on to Why are you looking at this as is lending money and they're, and they're paying him back 150 and then we're debating who's giving Rifkahana that 150? That's not what's going on here at all, according to the pushup shot in the story. What's going on pushup shot in the story is Rifkahana bought cotton, someone stole his cotton, and then when he stole his cotton, he got some money. The guy, Rifkahana, comes to the guy and says, Where's my cotton? Oh, I'm sorry, I stole it. Good, so pay me for it. Now, you don't pay a hundred because at the time you stole it, it was worth already hundred and fifty. So you have to pay me hundred and fifty. What does this have to do with ribis and, and benemarava? It's not the question at all. It's a simple case of stealing cotton to pay me the higher price. Why would Rob say it's also to take the hundred and fifty shekel? It says the Amri, no, you misunderstood the case. Hossam, amana havei. Amana is not on money. Amana means trustworthy. What is it going on over here? When Evkana went and paid, the cotton was not here yet. There was no Kenyan on the cotton. There was, it was a futures, right? He was, he was buying an option for cotton. Are you allowed to buy options for cotton or anything else for that matter? Right. The definition of options here is I'm paying theoretically for something that doesn't exist. Later on, when maybe it gets delivered, it might have, and very probably, I assume, will go up in price. And then instead of delivering me the actual object, the commodity that I'm purchasing, you're just going to give me the money. That is... Sort of ribus and sort of not. right? Because what happened? Again, when I invest in a, a commodity like this, I'm paying money. I'm not getting anything. By the time the thing gets delivered, it's gone up in price. So you say, forget it. I'll give you the money. That really, really looks like ribis. And Rav Paskin over there, not to to me, we did Paskin like Rav, but Rav Paskin, Rav never owned it. Rav said you could buy an option. But you could only buy an option if the delivery at the end is the actual payers. You want to pay now, even though there's nothing to make a Kenyan, you want to pay 100 even though when they deliver to you the fruits, it's going to be worth 150 that's okay. Because that's a business deal. I'm investing now, even though there's nothing to make a Kenyan on, later on you'll go buy it, you'll bring me the fruits, that's fine. Even though I'm giving 100 and getting back 150 of fruits, that's fine. But if I pay 100 now, and later on you deliver to me $150 cash, that already looks like ribbons. And if a Rav's issue over here was not related to the Kenyan and not the Kenyan necessarily, Rav's issue over here was a ribbus issue because there was no actual Kenyan being made ever. This cotton really never belonged to Afghana. If it belonged to Afghana, then you're right, that we could get it to Gzela and maybe they're allowed to pay it because it's a repayment. But it never was owned by Afghan. It's a pure ribbus question. And if it's a pure ribbus question, that's why Rav said it depends. Now let's go through the depends because the Gemara doesn't tie up the loose end over here. If we're saying over here, if that third party was not aware of Rav Kahana, so then Rav Kahana paid and they're getting back cash, it's also, awesome. If the third party was aware of Rav Kahana, was aware that this whole deal was in, then we said it's mutter. Even if they're paying back cash, right? That the bar doesn't tie that loose end over here. That even though we're saying, Rob said you're not going to make a money a Paris, that's only between you and the middleman. If at the end of the day, the money came directly from the third party to you, then that's not called Amana but, but that's not called amana That is going to be Amunah That is actually going to be called, I gave the middle party 100 shekel to invest. He was going to give me back cotton. The third party took it and is giving me cash. That's okay. A third party is allowed to give you back cash. It's only the middle party that's not allowed to give you, to give you back cash. Whether you still need Bnei Marava's halacha for this is an interesting debate. The Echerenim discuss, do I still need Bnei Marava here? Because Maisa, it seems to me we're debating whether that third party is giving Ravkana the money directly or not based on what they know. So it sounds like we still need Bnei Marava. We haven't gotten away necessarily from Bnei Arava, but we are just saying that the ribis question is related to the buying as an option as opposed to just going ahead and selling something that doesn't belong to you. Okay, a detail, debatable, but that's the way the Gemara ends up. You say like, like the was a sort of but he was, yeah, but that was the whole point. If he was a, sh- no, if he was a Shliach, then it's fine. B'nai Ravah's whole point when you're not a real Shliach and it's Zachiah, then the middle, then the third party has to be aware. That was B'nai Ravah's whole point. We said that yesterday. If you're a Shliach, B'nai Ravah don't have any debate. Shliach is the mishalech, Shalom Yisrael. But if you're not a Shliach, you're doing it me time then the middle, the part, the part, selling party, or in this case the giving party of the money, must be aware who they're giving it to. They think they're giving it to the middle guy, and really it's going to Afghanistan Or they really know it's going to Afghanistan That was exactly their halach. And therefore, that this case, L'chairah, would still be a case that you need B'nai B'aravah's assumption that it depends who they're giving the money to. And if they're giving it to the middle party, then it's a case of Amon If they're giving it directly to T'Kanah, then it's not a case of Amon Abadamim. Says the mission. The mission now moves on to... Returning stolen objects. Okay, uh, when we return stolen objects, you have an interesting set of psukim. We're looking at if you have the Khmoshframe, if you have the psukim there, we're looking at the Psukim at the end of Parsha's Vaikra. Okay, this is actually a parsha where we have of uh, when someone is stealing something and he makes a Shvua. The Pasik says, It's very critical to understand the whole sug over here. When you deny that you took something or that you have something, what kind of thing were you denying? But Pikado, in or, or, or bagazo, Amita, Amita, basically it doesn't matter. I have something of yours, however I got it. Could be you gave it to me to watch. Could be you lent it to me. Could be that we have some discussion about if I owe you money or not. Could be I stole it from you. Irrelevant to how I got your Matzaveda, Or if you even find something, I found your wallet in the street. And then you ask me for it. And I deny that I have your chefetz. And I swear. I swear falsely. And it turns out that I was lying. I was lying about the shavua that I made against you. So I have to return the chifetz. That's no question, of course. Whatever it is I have from you, I have to give back. In this case, when I swore and I lied, not only do I have to give back the chefetz, I have to pay an extra chomesh, an extra fifth, which is really like we said, twenty percent, because it's be the buyer. Fine, but I have to pay an extra fifth. From the person who I took it from, yet nenu, I have to give it to him. But yom hashem, also, when I come to get my kapara, the es hashem and then because I made a false shvu, I have to bring a carbon ashem. Have to bring in a carbon ashem. I al tamar menatzaim berechah la ashem el akoyin. The chiper of akoyin from now. Hashem v'nisla chloy. is because Hashem e'ase la ashma ba. So this is a parsha we have called shru'a, and you have to a carbon ashem shrua. Now the Gemara learns out. We'll see. Rashi will mention it at the end of the daft today from the parsha of gezel ager that this whole parsha only applies when it's v'hisvadu es when you admit. So it's not talking about when you're caught. If you make a shuah and you're caught by Edim, you just pay back regular, pay back Kephal, whatever that case is. Over here, when you admit the Marla out from a Pasuk and Parshat that's when you have the special parsha that you have to pay the kerem, you have to pay a Chaymish, and you have to bring a karbenash. Okay, There's the Pesukim. Now let's read the, the Mishnah and see what halacha the, the mission is learning from this again, again, without a Shavaputa doesn't count, so you stole a Shavaputa The Mishra says specifically, this set of alakas we're going to discuss now, was talking about when you made a Shavuah and you lied so then you're the of the when I go return to you the money, so if I did not make a Shavuah and I just stole money from you, okay I stole money from you, and I go to the local Rav and I say, oh yive, I stole money from my friend, I want to do Shavuah, so it's, first thing you got to do is return the money Okay, well, the guy's not here. He went there to Herzog for three weeks. Do I have to get on a plane and go fly after him to find him to return the money? The loch is no. The loch is in Cheshit Mishpat. I have the money waiting for him. As soon as he's available to me easily, I can give him the money. I don't have to chase after him. But when I made a Shavua, then I have to chase after him. Why? The Gemara is going to learn it from Asfar, and the Gemara is going to learn it from the Pasuk, but it's clearly related to the Kapara aspect of what's going on here. The Pasuk says Kapara and Venislach. And then I have to, even if he moved somewhere out to Persia, I have to bring him his money. And normally, I can go over here, if I stole money from somebody, and I want to send it to a Shliach to give back to him, or I want to give it back to his son, I can do that. And if something happens on the way back to him, then I can claim, and I, listen, I gave it to your shliach, fine. Over here, no. Over here, when you made a shvua, you have to chase after him, and you cannot give it to his shliach. I mean, you could, but you're at risk. If you give it to his shliach and something happens before it gets to the person's hands, you're not going to get kapara. So therefore, it's, it's very highly advisable to give it directly to the person himself. Aval, but there is one exception. Naishin al-shliach bezden. Chazal understood, Rashi explains, <laughs> because atakon has hashovin, if we make you, Fly around the world to pay back this guy, you're never going to want to do tshuva. And if Ghazal said you could give it to your local bezdin, or shliach of the local bezdin, and they will either hold on to it until the, the Gazan comes, or they will make sure that it gets out to the the look discusses exactly what the function of bezdin is. But in that case, at least with the you can give it to a local bezdin, but you can't give it to anybody else, only to a bezdin representative. Vimmeis, if the person who stole from his diet, Yachsel Yarsha, of course, you have to pay back to the family to be able to achieve this kapar. What if you paid him back the money you stole, but you didn't pay the extra knas or Or the person said, "I'm meichel you on the karen, but I'm not meichel you on the chaimish." Or machleis you on all of it. He says, "You stole 150 shaka from me. I'm meichel all of it except for one half pruta. One half pruta. I want you to give me something. Give me a half a pruta." In all these cases, and it's ourchlei since all that was left was less than a shava pruta or nothing of the karen, even though you still owe the chaimish, there's no din that the chaimish you have to bring to him to madai. Only the karen you have to bring to madai. And only it's more than a shava pruta. is karen. chaimish karen. zeh shava pruta Or in these cases where you owe the karen, or he was Michael everything except for a shava pruta of the karen. Then of course you have to continue. Paying back. Taiz asks, what's the chiddush in this case? It's exactly what we just said. Taiz no, doesn't answer. We can discuss that some other time. But the Maiz says, it's the same halacha that you have to return. What if you gave him the carrot? And then he says, hey, you still owe me the Chaymish, right? The halach is you have to pay the Chaymish. He says, what do you mean I paid you the Chaymish? You didn't pay me the Chaymish. I did pay the Chaymish. I swear I paid you the Chaymish. Then I come the next day and say, oh, sorry, I lied. Okay, so now you made a shmua on the Chaymish. So now you pay. Right, so the chaimish turns into keren because that's the, what the, the second shvuah is the subject of that second chaimish. You pay a chaimish on that ad khamish yitakem shavapruta. Right, you never make a shvuah on less than a Pruta. so you can make a, a shvuah on the chaimish and then a shvuah on the chaimish of the chaimish and a shvuah on the chaimish of the chaimish of the chaimish until whatever is left is less than a shavapruta. Then there is no more shvuah to be made. The, now, this halacha says the mission is not only applied when you stole. The cham ibe same Allah applies if he gave you something to watch and you make a shvuah that you don't have it shenemer ibe pikodin the pasuk we just read ibe shumas yad ibe gezel a sheker if you take something from him ibe matzaveda, aveda all these cases if kikish bav sheker and you bring a carbon ashem that's the mission. Says the gemara in it's clear from the mission that the only reason I have to return it to him in Madai and run after him to give it to him and I can't just sit at home and wait for him to come to me or wait till he's local is because I made a Shavuah. That's the context of the Mishnah. Only reason I have to bring it to my Madai is because I made a Shavuah. If I didn't make a Shavuah and I stole something from you, I don't have to run after you. I have to wait till it's easily local and then I can return it to you. It's a special din in shrua says the Gemara, money. So we have two Tanoi we're familiar with that discuss a similar issue. Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Tarfed in the Neither one of them fit into this halach of the Mishnah. Money, loy Rabbi Tarfed, Rabbi Akiva. What's the case? Thisanya. Gozel Achim If you stole from one of five people, right? Five people live in an apartment building, you break into one of the apartments and you steal money. You don't know which apartment you broke into. So, of course, each one says, you stole from me. Okay, so what do you do over here? So Tanakama says, um, says, You only stole from one. The Edom know you only stole from one. You put, take the 100 shekel you stole. You put it down in the Vada of the building and let them figure it out. Okay, it's not your problem to go pay each one of them. It's not your problem to figure it out. You're coming over here. You have to pay. You pay one. Rabbi Akiva says, that's not the way you do tshuva, until you pay each one. You have a responsibility, turning it into our language of our Mishnah, to give the money to the person you stole from. You cannot just put the money in front of them and walk away, says Rabbi Akiva. You have to give it to his hands. You can't just sit home and say, oh, I'm waiting to give it to you, whoever decides. No. I have to give it to each one. If I, if I have to give it to who I stole from, but I don't know. I have to give it to each one, and I'm out of, out of pocket. Now, how does that b'risa so translate to our Mishnah? So money. Irabi tarfen. if we're going to shoot this, tarfen, That b'risa did not talk about anything to do with shvor. That b'risa said, you stole from somebody. You're not sure who you stole from. Do you have to pay back to everybody or not? They didn't say you made a shvor about it. It was mashim even without a shvor that halakh applies. Doesn't say. If Typhon was not machalic, if Typhon didn't say, well, you could put the money between them only when you didn't make a shuwa, but when you did make a shuwa, then you have to return it to each one, he didn't say that. It's mashra according to if taifrin, no matter what, I don't have to bring the money to the person. I just put it down somewhere accessible, that's good enough. So if Typhon can't be the town of our Mishnah, Erebi Akiva, who said you do have to bring it to them? Rabbi Kiva said, even without making a shrua. I have to return it directly to the hands of the person I stole it from. So much so that I have to pay five times. But for sure, if he's in mother, I'd have to bring it to mother even without a shrua. So our Mishnah said, you only have to return it to the person's hands directly. If you made a shvuah. Rabbi Tarfan says, with a shvuah you don't have to return it to his hands. And Rabbi Akiva says, even without a shvuah you do have to return it to his hands. So nobody holds this middle ground that it depends if you have a shvuah or not. How, who's the son of our Mishnah? Says, as Rashi explains, we, we prefer to make a halach a mishnah like a because generally speaking, we paskel like a kiva. So if we can make a stam mishnah fit with shittish beikiva, that's preferable. So we start on that side. That which beikiva said, you have to pay each one of the five people over here. That's heichadish to kamar and a chanami. Even though the brysa didn't say it, the brysa meant that you're actually paying each one because you made a shua. If you stam stole and want to do tshuva and you want to pray back put the money in front of them, walk away. You don't have to give it to each one. That would should be, keep said, you have to give it to each individual person is specifically when you made a shvua and that's exactly what our Mishnah says. My timer. So what's shot in that? Like we read in the Pesach. And here the like, Gemara makes the dik in the pasuk. <speaking> in <Hebrew> you specifically, in the case of the Shavuah and the Pesach we just read, in the end of of you have to give it You have to give it You have to give it to him. It's not enough to make it available. You actually have to give it to him. Special exercise. So what does the Tarfin argue about Lema'eson? Rabbi Tarfin, you're right. You made a sure. and the pasuk says when you make a shua, you have to give it to him. But Avod Rabbanah takanta, there's a gzerah the Rabbanah takanas like Rashi mentioned in the Mishnah. This sanya, Rabbi Lazar writes under the kramer takana gedayleiskinu. It's a keret If it's going to cost you more to buy a plane ticket than it is to return the money, it actually exists. The meshamis are kervachamishla bezdin. We let you give it to your local bezdin, but maybe and then you could bring a carbon with mishkaperle. So you see, says a Tarifin, that we're not so machmed that you have to give it directly to the person. You can give it to the local Become the Bezdin. I agree with you. The Raisa, you have to actually pay back to the person. We don't make you pay back. That's really what the Allah and the Mishnah said as well. If Tarifin is just equating that in the case of the five people also, I don't have to pay each individual one. Even when I make a Shua, I can put the money between them and walk away. Rebakeva says, well, it depends on the case. If you know who you stole it from, it's only a question of whether he's here or whether I have to fly somewhere to give it to him. Then they made a gazer. But gazer, for the case of the Bryson, when you don't even know who you stole it from, over there, the money's not going back to the original person. Takarasha Shavim is only, then we're not going to be matriach de gazer. Takarasha Shavim is not going to be pagaya. In the Niggazal. That he won't be able to get his money back. That's not fair, and therefore, Rikiva and Rikiva and Tefron and and are now arguing. That's translated now. They're arguing the case where you made a shvur. If you didn't make a shvur, you don't have to return it to anybody. No problem. But if you made a shvur, and the pasuk says you have to return it directly to his hands, but we have a takkanas that and says you don't have to. In the case of our mission, where you know who it's going to, it's a question of bringing it to him or not. Everybody agrees you don't have to bring it to him. In the case of the brysa, where you stole and you don't know who you stole from, Rebikim Rebikim says there also is a takkanah drabanan, and says no takkanah But the mice, if you think about it. We're actually coming out now that our Mishnah is not only Shita a Akiva. Our Mishnah is even Riftarfin. Right? Because everybody agrees in the case of the Mishnah that it's a takana that you are supposed to return it to rice, it to the person, but you can give it to the Baslin. Everybody agrees to that. Allah in the case we make a Shua. So when the Middle said before it's Shita Shri Akiva didn't mean it's only Shita a Akiva. It means it's even Shita a Akiva, as we explained, because we prefer to make the Mishnah Fit it to be a Akiva however it's not so posh uh, we have a price which explains this what if you go into a store you buy something on credit you come back to pay the owner of the store you don't remember which store you went into and each store owner on the block who sells apples says you owe me the money you didn't steal anything nobody stole anything over here you're just purchasing you forgot who you bought it from over there with there's no gzela? You don't have to be machmir and pay back everybody. You could just put the money in the middle of the shuk and let them figure it out. where's the Now wait a second. According to what we just explained, the machlikas be was in case where we made a shvua. As I read from you in the Possek, that shvuah can be made on a case where you stole. It can be made in a case where you borrowed money. It can be made in a case on Aveda. Once you make a shvuah you automatically become a Ghazlan. So what's the difference if we're talking about a case where you purchase something from someone you're not sure who you pay, pay, need to pay back, but if you made a shvuah you're a Ghazlan. So how could a Shavua say they don't argue in the case of purchasing? They only argue in the case of stealing. If there's a shvuah they're all cases of stealing. Sounds like a are saying they're not arguing in the case of a shvuah So now we're back to where we started from. If they argue it's not a case of a shvua, and if Typhoon says, and if Kiva says, even in that case, you have to return the object to each person, even without a shvua, that's clearly not like our Mishnah, who says it's only in the case of a shvua you have to. We have another question. We have a story of a chassid. Very firm person. he purchased something from two people. he forgot who he purchased from, and he wanted to pay back. he goes to says, just put the money down and you're fine. And he kiva, kiva. Kiva said, No, no, no. You have to pay every single person. Now, are we talking about a case of a shvuah over here? No, a chasid doesn't make a shvuah. The, 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 the b'risa was clear. We're talking about a very firm person. A very firm person is not going to be lying over here. Maybe he made the shvuah falsely, and then he was chesed with tshuva. Is that true? The gemara is very clear in many mesectas. Whenever it says ma'aseh b'chasid it's either b'yudim and bava, or it's b'yudim and 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 They were what we call FFBs, right? These people were not balei tshuva. These people did not make false shuvahs and then went ahead and did tshuva. So clearly, above and did not make any false shuvahs. If they did not make any false shuvahs, and Rebih Kiva and Reb Typhoon are arguing. That means Rebih Kiva holds even without a shvuah, You have to pay back all the way and give each person the money and you have to bring the money to Madai. The Kiva cannot possibly be the town of our Mishnah. The Tanara Mishnah must be of Tarfan. But the Khari of said you don't have to give them to the person at all. Says the Mar No. El Eliya the Mavitarfani. hey "This That which they're arguing, that you don't have to give it to the person, that's without a shwa. But in a Chenami with a shwa, then even if taifun is Maida, then you do have to bring it to the to you have to pay all five, and you'd have to bring it to Maday. My time at the Mercala, Shah will you're Rabbi Akiva, Afagavla Mishdaba Khanus. Rabbi Akiva says, You're right. The you only have to return it to him directly or bring it to Mother or pay all five when you made a Shuva. But without a Shuva, we make a Knas on you. says, "My wait a second. Rabbi Tire Michti, As I read for you in the Passover Compassionate, you're not Chayef Karen Vachemish V'Ashem unless you're a Majdah. Now, what does that mean when you're a I made a Shuva in Bezdan. I come to Bezdan and say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I lied, I lied. I want to do Tshuva. Okay. Says the think, Majdah, you're I feel below Shuva nami.'" So if you're trying to do tshuva, then it's only to do with the pure halacha. You're right. The halacha Yevesha says that you can give it to one person or not give it to one person. That's fine. Or you don't have to go to mother But if you're trying to do tshuva, then of course you're going to want to give it back to the person and go as much as you can. When you're trying to do tshuva, shamayim, of course, the best way to do tshuva is to pay each individual person. And the best way to do tshuva is to bring the money to Madai. So, the whole halacha doesn't make any sense. If we're talking about a case where the person made a shvua and then he admitted, because if he doesn't admit, there's no chaymish, there's nothing to talk about. Well, if you admit you're trying to do tshuva, if you're trying to do tshuva, then the halacha should be bring it to Madai, because that's the best way to do tshuva. If you want to do tshuva, you don't do bidevit tshuva, you do lechatkhila tshuva. What's shatnur mishthah you don't have to bring it to Madai? El Amareva, Shani Masniss, and Amishna could fit according to everybody. Mishnah has <laughs> nothing to do with this <laughs> and The Mari says, flips it on his head, even though you made a Shvuah. And when you make a Shvuah, you're supposed to bring it to the person. But since you know who you stole it from, <laughs> Anytime I can give him the money, because I have the cash available. <laughs> it's as if I called up the Nigzal on the phone, I said, Nigzal I'm sorry, I wanted the tshuva, I swear falsely, ba-ba-ba-ba. I have a hundred shekel here, set on the side, it's your money. So even though I, it's not really his money, because I didn't give it to him yet, it's, ke'ilu, it's his money, and therefore, if I didn't make a shvua, even if I want to do the best tshuva in the world, I don't have to bring it to him. Because once I set it aside and put it in a special, special wallet or special box in my house, that's ke'ilu'id's, I gave it to him. But when I make a shvua, then it's not a question of be'nanamachavereh. Now it's a question of, Benam l'makam. Then, even if he says, I can keep it. If he's Michael, if he's Michael, we said he could be Michael. Right? Even when you make a sure that the Ligzal could be Michael. But if he's not Michael, he says, I want the money, then, the then I, talk, I have to run around the world to give it to him. So the Gemara is saying, you're right. When you're coming to do tshuva with a shuva, without a shuva, you should bring him the money. It makes no difference whatsoever. The only difference is, is, if I know who I stole from, so then if I did not make a shuva, and I call him up and tell him I have the money, that's good enough to keep it on the side. Even lechat because it's ke'ilu, I invested the money for him in a bank account. Fine, he'll come back, he'll get it. But once I make a shuva, now it becomes a mecham issue, then I have to actually bring it to him. Yishtaba If I didn't make a shru, it would just be a They also So therefore, it's a totally different question with a shvo, I have to bring it to him. But without a shvo, then even lechatchila, when I want to do tshuva, I don't have to bring it to him. And therefore, the Mishnah, which said this halacha, could be with Typhon or it could be a rakib, it Doesn't matter because when you do shru, when you when you're made, then you make a shvo. Everybody agrees you're going to have to bring it to him, but only with the shvo. Without a shvo, I could just open up a bank account and leave it here until he gets here.